0: Julian Lennon's sensitive and poetic vision of life courses through his acclaimed music, photography, and writing. In music, Lennon's melding of uplifting introspection and thoughtful social commentary with refined hooks has made for a compelling seven-album body of work. His debut, Volat, yielded two top 10 hits, the title track and Too Late for Goodbyes, and was nominated for a Grammy for Best New Artist he went on to have number one singles on the U.S. album rock charts. Internationally, one of his most popular songs, Saltwater, charted successfully around the world, topping in Australia for four weeks and reaching number six in the U.K. In 2022, Lennon returns with a new album, Jude, which contains a personal and powerful array of songs that reflect relatable, universal themes. As the founder of the White Feather Foundation, Lennon has received numerous humanitarian awards. Most recently, the 2021 World Literacy Award for his significant contribution to literacy. Earlier this year, Lennon recorded a version of his father's song, Imagine, in support of Global Citizen's Stand Up for Ukraine campaign. We are proud to share with you our exclusive interview with Julian Lennon, our official ambassador of World College Radio Day 2022, recorded by the College Radio Day USA Board. Hello, my name is Nancy Bound. I'm from the College of New Jersey, um, 91.3 WTSR, right out of uh, Trenton, New Jersey, pretty close to New York City. But yeah. first off... Like, thank you so much for being our world college radio day ambassador um, and spending time with us today and so no yeah in general um what uh, what does college radio mean to you has it been a significant part of your career well I
1: I remember over the years that we've done live performances uh, at various colleges ar- around America we've never done that in in Europe per se it's just never been a thing but uh, Obviously, college radio is uh, is a good way to get your message out and a good way to learn about what's going on in the world, whether it's locally or or worldwide. Of course, so um, I mean that's my experience. Um, they've always been very interesting gigs because they're not like the usual, or even the interviews are not like the usual mainstream stuff that one deals with on a day-to-day basis. Um, And I find that far more intriguing than the usual run-of-the-mill stuff.
0: Hello, my name is Claire Richardson. I am the former station manager for WRHO 89.7 FM at Hartwood College. And a lot of us out there are wondering, can you tell us about your new album, Jude? Why is it called that? and What was the process of writing it like? Oof, um, to summarize,
1: uh, that's a tough one. Um, There are three reasons uh, why the album is called Jude one of them being that the how this album came together was very different from most others normally most others you sit down to write you know it's a process that you go through to write an album this came together in a rather unusual way i used to have a business manager based out of london and we parted ways and he said hey i had a bunch of boxes in his basement that he sent over to me and i had no idea what was in them and uh, apart from some financial stuff there were like three or four boxes of tapes of from uh, uh, pretty much every format from the 80s and before uh, there was the reel to reel tapes fostex tapes four track or eight track of too late for goodbyes and "Veloc". so from the first album etc but there were about there were cassettes and dat tapes and Elisis tapes and the list goes on so i wanted to know what was on this stuff and i had no idea if they were in fact damaged or not so we sent them off to go through this process called baking uh, which is where they try and save what whatever's on the tapes and the tapes come back and I bring the first song I bring up was one called every little moment from the album and it sounded like I'd recorded it last week so I was really shocked and surprised because also, I, I'd said to myself that the last album is probably the last album I'm ever going to do because I've been so involved with my White Feather Foundation photography, documentary work, uh, children's books, the list goes on. So it was a process to go through these tapes and uh, rejuvenate them uh, by, by updating the, the production, putting real drummers on instead of drum machines and things like that, but not much else changed. And so that was a process that I started with Justin Clayton, who's been my oldest friend since I was 11 years old. We've been on world tours together. We've written together. And when the the pandemic hit, he had to go back to England where he lives. And so I started twitching because he was better at searching through the older stuff than I was. So I I was in the mode of kind of music. And I thought, well, let me see if, I can get back in the studio and engineer myself, which is when I, uh, the first track I did myself, produced and co-wrote, was was Freedom. And so that set the tone between the work that we're doing for the idea that, okay, maybe this could be an EP, maybe it could be an album. In the end, the album had 10 tracks, but I kept seeing the bit superstitious. I kept seeing the number 11 everywhere, so I had to have a, a last song gaia came along it was organic most of the work is organic that i do all the songs on the album come from decades of work really from a lifetime of work in fact on and off and there's lots more of that stuff in boxes for me to go through but that's one reason because it's a life it's a journey that i've been through musically so that was one of the reasons the other reason was that there was uh, you know a lot of beatles things going on at the time there was get back which i thoroughly enjoyed. I saw a 100-minute uh, version, which was much more condensed, a bit more focused, a bit more precise, which I loved. And I just saw Dad in a new light again, and it reminded me of what life with him was like before he walked out the door, when he was goofy, quick-witted, sarcastic, uh, talented, moody-broody, you know, the list goes on of uh, of the memories that came out of that and of course his interaction with the band and also I had bought I have a small collection of memorabilia from dad initially and the beat some of the beatles stuff and I bought the handwritten notes to hey jude the arrangement of the song and um I'd been doing a couple of nfts to raise money for the white feather foundation and So that was in my head too. And also in 2020, originally my name until 2020 was John Lennon, John Charles Julian Lennon. And that kind of drove me crazy being the second John, because I'd always been known as Julian my whole life, from my mother, from my father, and the list goes on. And I was reaching a point of, you know, I guess growth and change, especially during the pandemic. And you know, a lot of the songs are, are about looking in the mirror and saying, Who am I? What am I doing? Am I happy? Am I sad? How do I find balance and peace in my life? And so it was a whole process I was going through. So I decided at that point in time that I wanted to be me finally. And so I, I decided by deep to change my name to Julian. I still wanted to keep the the initials because I like the cadence, the way it rolled. John, Charles, Julian, Lennon. So I just switched to John and Julian, Julian, Charles, John Lennon, J C J L, and to finally become me after decades of decades of being John. And also there was a lot of tension with the name John for me also because I'd go through to airports and security, and people would look at my passport and go, uh, "John Lennon, that's funny. Ha, ah, are you related?" You know, there'd be all kinds of quips, but. After 40 plus years, it was starting to drive me nuts. And it, I, I would get anxious about going to, through uh, security and airports and this and that. And so when I changed that, I finally, it was like shedding of a skin. I finally felt I wanted to be me. And I was finally Julian. Uh, so that if you look at any paperwork or legal uh, work uh, 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 regarding me now, i am it's just Julian. And most of my friends call me Jules. And Hey Jude was Hey Jules initially. And it was about taking ownership of that name and the heritage and the history that came with that. And just saying, yeah, I am Jules. Okay, now I think we've discussed pretty much everything on the planet to do with Dad and the Beatles. Uh, I'm going back to being me again. And I'm going back to all the other work that I love. But it also allowed me to come, come back and do music in a different way I just felt that I wasn't really being... It's difficult to explain, but I didn't feel like I was being watched anymore. I felt a bit more fearless and carefree about doing the music. I wasn't worried about what anybody was going to say about it anymore. And I think part of that was down to the fact that I decided to take time out. I thought the uh, last album was going to be the last album. But I wanted to find out if I was worthy and had a life outside music, that I could feel that I I could do other things that uh, that I set my mind to, that I had passions about, that I loved. And all the other things that I mentioned before, I think, allowed me to lay down a foundation like nothing before. So, you know, regardless of music, or what I've done, or what my relationship is with that, I've proven initially to myself that I could be a a good if not great photographer, a documentarian with Kiss the Ground, uh, and the children's books, New York Times bestseller. So I've shown uh, my worth in this world on so many levels, and my purpose and my vision. I just want to bring a level of peace and balance and happiness to everyone's lives that I'm in touch with. And uh, whatever medium I'm involved with, for me, that's a positive thing, and that's, that's how I feel alive too in following that vein in my life. Uh, I mean, there's lots to be unhappy and sad about in this world. But, you know, we've all got to try slowly but surely, one by one to make a difference. And the combination of that and the people with enough mind, body and soul and heart and energy, you know, we can make change. I've already proven that. I think many of us have proven that. And I think we've just got to keep at it. So those are all the many reasons in part. And that was the summary, by the way, of, uh, of why Jude is, is Jude and uh, how it all kind of came together. So here we are. Things have been great. The response so far has been great. So I'm, I'm happy I did this. The theme for this year's World College Radio Day is Voices for Peace. So what does peace mean to you and how have you worked in your career, and in your life to advance it? Uh, What does peace? Peace means everything to me. You know, I think without peace in our hearts, initially, we can't help other people. So I think, you know, thought the adage of save yourself first, (laughs) take care of yourself first you know I didn't really apply to my life previously but I certainly have done in recent years and especially since the pandemic uh you know peace of mind is one of the most important things in the world to be able to move forward in helping other people it's a no brainer for me as far as my involvement in trying to bring peace about you know I mean well I mean listen I've written quite a few songs I mean saltwater in particular that is a humanitarian and environmental song. I push that song as much as I can every year, regardless of what I'm doing. And, um, well, the photography, you know, with through the White Feather Foundation, when we don't have a pandemic and I can actually go out to see the projects that we're working on, whether that's helping out uh, with clean water in Ethiopia or health and education in Kenya whether it's protecting indigenous tribes and their culture and their land in South America and Australia, and through, of course, documentaries. I mean, Kiss the Ground became a platform that, uh, you know, which is about regenerative, sorry, it's too early for me, (laughs) regenerative soil. This is something I'm planning on in the future. I just just started um, a company called White Feather Films, and the idea, we've got about three films in the pipeline, you know, it's about finding a way to start the conversation with people, because I've never been one of those people that like things being shoved down my throat. It's like with the children's books, I wanted to find a way to start the conversation about the world around us. in for the minds of children, which is, you know, I remember being sat with my mother or grandmother, being cradled with a book, and you'd go on a journey, you know, you go on a journey, mostly cartoons and this, that, and the other back in the day. But I wanted to start that conversation when kids are reading with their parents or grandparents and they're just going, well, why don't they have clean water? Well, why is there plastic in the sea? You know, with the idea that this is going to go into the the minds of the parents too, who have forgotten all about those issues. So again, And also the photography. It's about showing the situations and places that I find myself and trying to relay those to people who are interested. You know, and I've done many exhibitions around the world now, initially with Leica, but... um, one of the things that with photography and even with documentaries is that you, you can empathize with the people in the films or in the pictures. I think that's the best way to understand the situation. And I've had many letters and many emails, and this really touched me, where people have said, well, listen, you know, I want to thank you, Jules, because we, and this has never occurred to me before, we don't have the finances to travel to Kenya or do this or do that or fly around the world. And you know the other thing is we, are, we either don't have that or we're immobilized or we can't, we're physically unable to do so, I can't leave the house or can't. Being yeah. able to take people who are stuck in situations on a journey and allowing them to see what's going on with all the work that I do, I, it's magical for me. And that inspires me to be more of a storyteller, more of a messenger which is what I guess I consider I I am in many respects.
0: Hi, so my name's Olive Kyle Holtz. I'm up in Washington at the Evergreen State College. Um, We have a lot of focus on humanitarian work here and I loved hearing about all that you've done. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering how having a music career specifically has helped your humanitarian work. Ooh. Well, obviously,
1: it's about, again, getting a message across and, again, not shoving it down people's throats. It's just opening that conversation up. And I think having done a song like Saltwater and a few other songs, environmentally orientated and humanitarian orientated songs, that it's it's about relaying situations again. It's about reminding people again. And I think if you're able to do that, not in a pop-pop song, but anyway, Lucky Ones is about hope as well, the latest single, but it's about relaying how precious a situation we are in and how fragile we are, we all know that, and just reminding people. So, I mean, I think I've been fortunate in that, you know, people have recognised that that's what the music is about, that's what many of the songs are about, and in fact, not just on environmental levels, About on uh, mental aspects, uh, mental health, and you know, I've suffered uh, greatly with anxiety and depression over the years. Really tough, really tough, you know. Uh, And especially when the pandemic came along, I I just, you know, to understand obviously what we all went through. I mean, weirdly, you know, people. Some people had a very very tough time. Some people were in Costa Rica on holiday for two years. You know, go figure. But uh, the only way I got through that was listening to music sometimes, half of the time, you know, and I tried meditation. Personally, it didn't quite click for me, but breathing, breathing was actually very, very important. That allowed me to refocus and recenter. And I, I think sometimes music can help you do that too. So I think music is very important, can be very important on so many levels and, uh Again, I've, I've written quite a few. The one thing I would say is I'm getting tired of writing environmental and humanitarian songs. We need to fix this stuff. I'll be polite about that. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, at the end of the day, that's what we need to do.
0: Thanks, Julian, for doing this. Uh, P. Green, yeah. WXAV in Chicago. Julian, what do you see as being the most important thing for you love to accomplish for
1: the future? Oh, well, um, listen, I feel I've been... Pretty successful in promoting peace and trying to motivate people on through so many mediums. Um, again, I just started White Feather Films, so my ambition there is to do films that will also hopefully, like Kiss the Ground, be able to build a platform that we can help with around the world. I mean, that that's the objective here. And I, you know, I will st- still keep <laughs> whether I like it or not. I'll still keep moving forward with promoting uh, environmental and humanitarian health in all aspects through all the other mediums that I do. Uh, uh, Now that I'm aware how much of an impact all that stuff can be, my objective is to be more focused about doing that. Again, not shoving it down people's throats, but just gentle reminder, we've got to keep moving, we've got to keep changing, Uh, we've got to do better. Uh, I think we could squeeze in one more question. Um, earlier this year, you recorded for the people of Ukraine, the Stand Up for Ukraine Global Citizens Campaign. You recorded a version of your father's song, Imagine. Yeah. And also, just to let you know that really we are sort of adopting that song this year as our theme for Voices for Peace. Uh, yeah. Was it a difficult decision and experience to record that song? Oh yeah. Well, listen, I never thought I'd perform that song. I never had any any intention of. You know, recording any Beatles or any dad songs. I I figure why? You know, that's not my place. I'm not John Number Two. Uh, <laughs> another reason why I changed my name. But um, listen, uh, after the pandemic, I came over to America to to start the process of trying to work again and try and do quite a few things. I was over for a charity called Music Cares, which looks after people in the industry that have fallen on hard times just before going to the event my manager rebecca said to me listen we've just had a call from global citizen they're doing a campaign worldwide global that's about uh, you know standing up for ukraine it's a really really important platform and they're asking you know do you have something up your sleeve and i thought about it for a few seconds uh, more than a few seconds but i i just said The only thing that I think that I could do in a circumstance like this, whether I like it or not, that would have the most impact globally and bring awareness and attention to the situation, this plight, would be to sing Imagine. And uh, Rebecca looked at me and I looked back and we didn't even have to say anything, but so I said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. The next thing was my heart. Yeah, I mean, you wanna talk about anxiety? the idea of me singing Imagine, I'd never sung it before. So I, you know, it was, I thought it was worthy enough because, you know, also I'd been living in Europe. This had been going on next door to me pretty much. And, uh, uh, after, especially after the pandemic and all the crap that's been going on around the world, I thought, you know, if there's any time, a, a better time than that, you know, this, it was here and now I just felt that it felt like the right, the right time and place to do this. And so I'd worked with Nuno Betancourt on guitar before uh, on another charity project during the pandemic. And I immediately thought, OK, let me see if he's available. We literally arrived in L.A. the next day. He'd never played the, the song on guitar. We went into his home studio. The moment I said that I'm going to do this, I thought it can't be like the original. It cannot, so I said it's got to be on acoustic guitar. Otherwise, it'll be way too similar. This needs to be raw, no production. It's just me and the mic and the guitar. That's it. We sang it four times, did a little editing to do the best of the best. And you know, I had goosebumps, and I went, "Okay, listen, I've just been as truthful and as honest and emotional as I can doing this. That's that's all I can do. That's all I can do is lay it on the line." I was surprised and I thought, well, you know, how are the public going to take it? That was the other thing that I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, anxiety flooded in again. I was so beyond surprised. I've had more respect from people having done that than I would have ever expected in my life. It's been amazing in that way and uh and I feel you know another shedding of the skin uh, so to speak and then of course the, the after we finished that the next day was well you know we need a video and it's got to be done by Friday and I'm going excuse me um so the more panic attacks and anyway we managed to get it out but the weird thing was on the Friday that this all came together for stand up to ukraine and imagine the release was on a Friday which was april the 8th which was my birthday which was also the release of the first single of the first album in 11 years so talk about bonkers (laughs) julian thank you on behalf of world college ready day for your time today and for joining us and for being our ambassador for this year's event thank you so much my my absolute pleasure my absolute pleasure thank you thank you